0: fellow Rebels and welcome to Star Wars Rebels cast. I'm Alice Kennedy and here with me tonight is your lovely Ross Shaw as always. Ross, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, I'm good man. I'm, I'm quite uh, quite intrigued as to how this episode will go. You know we're approaching the, um, the mid-season finale of Rebels so um, we're a couple of episodes away to go and uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see what we have in
0: store for our audiences tonight uh obviously and obviously master yogi is not with alohan kenobi or ross skywalker tonight because master yogi is otherwise engaged but we're obviously here to fill you full of star wars goodness so ross there's some things bubbling on the force this week what what has came to fruition?
1: Yes, there's a couple of news pieces. Well, when I say a couple, there's only really one or two. Um, yeah, um, it's been announced. Well, it's been announced or rumored that announced that um, the Star Wars Force Awakens trailer, which everyone knows is coming out within the next couple of months, is not. Repeat, not going to be uh, attached to uh, the Hobbit
0: which is obviously
1: oh. the big film in December. Nasty which... <laughs> Star Wars! Even Star Wars not
0: attaching themselves to my film, my precious.
1: <laughs> it kind of makes sense if you think about it. I mean, yeah, you know, man. Disney would rather probably, if they're going to attach it On to their a own film, property, attach it to a Disney film, you know. Um, so, yes, it's not going to be attached to The Hobbit, which obviously brings out the speculation as to when... It should be. I mean, we know it's to be with us within the next six to eight weeks, I believe. So Macy's, the next parade,
0: Macy's parade, Thanksgiving Parade, Ross. So you've got Thanksgiving Parade.
1: Yep. I've got the Super Bowl down as Ooh. mine. So it'll be over a billion people worldwide will be watching the Super Bowl one way or another. Uh, it'll be one interesting to see whether hundred or not they... Million. It'll be uh, interesting to see whether or not they um, they attach the uh, they have a halftime show. Uh, however, the the Thanksgiving parade. I mean, but then again, Thanksgiving's only is right, just around the corner. Like, do you think do you really expect this to sort of well, be witness to the Force Awakens trailer yeah. by next week? I'm not trying to you know disagree, nope. but you know, I, but-
0: I was just blotting that out there as one of the examples. For- <laughs> To <laughs> if that's gonna
1: be, it would be interesting i mean when when is the next marvel film due to be released anyways? it's the
0: avengers next march i believe the avengers 2 i see
1: i believe it too Age of Ultra.
0: and i don't think they want to tie it into that you know because then they yeah. make you know i think probably even though they've bought them over i'm still sure there's still lucas people and george lucas is still the the creative director or whatever it is so he's got the overall say even though disney own it and could go go away miss yeah. lucas um and I still think that Stan Lee or someone has got to say at Marvel Um, yeah. so I don't think they'll combine them or do anything like that but I do do think there's another option Ross that was mentioned I do full faith that they could do a worldwide TV broadcast like at Christmas ah, very on the, interesting on is it the 18th or 16th that the new film is released next year um, it's the 16th of December, I think. So I, I could see it on Tuesday the 16th this year that they've got a worldwide simultaneous broadcast sort of thing like because that would be the way to get the biggest audience. I know the Super Bowl gets that many fans, but can you imagine getting even more by putting it on television on a station in each country? It's not beyond Disney's control, but yeah. just putting it on and advertising it as a TV program for this one-minute short, just advertising it, Saying, tune in at, like say seven o'clock on like Sky One or mm-hmm. um AB, whatever the, all the American networks. you know they could Disney? It's not beyond the control. I do understand the Super Bowl, but you know, it's, it's got Jurassic World, and I know Star Wars and Jurassic. I would say Star Wars would eclipse Jurassic World.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. 100%. You know,
0: with a fan base, like I love Jurassic Park to the end of days, and so does Ross, but I mean, like. Star Wars, it needs its own thing, so they did suggest, obviously, as well, the theatres were going to get hired out and they were going to broadcast, but can if this is going to be a one-minute teaser, they're not going to do that. If it was a full, like, preview for 15 minutes, they would probably invite the fans along, they're not going to do it for a minute. Um, so, I reckon, possibly, even, imagine Christmas Day Ross Worldwide.
1: Uh, uh christmas day could be cool it, it could be quite an interesting way to do it one other possibility could be what better way to kick off the second half of star wars rebels by having the one minute teaser on uh on the sort of the because uh, as uh, i'm not too sure if our listeners will uh, know this but star wars rebels is pretty much it's empire day which has been uh aired um this week and then next week it's gathering forces and then after that Rebels goes on a break until the 5th of January. So what perfect way to try and bring people in for the second half of Rebels by having the Star Wars teaser uh, on the first episode of the second half of the series.
0: Do you think they'll wait before Christmas because they've already got the Star Wars Rebels action figures out, Ross? Do you not think they want to build up the hype, just even this teaser?
1: Yeah, it would make sense from a business point of view. Yeah, definitely. It's just more de- if, if you were thinking it that way. Maybe Christmas Day could be sort of overshooting it again as well. So it could very well be. It could be like November first, or as you pointed out, it could be the uh, the exact day, the exact day a year
0: before, before.
1: Uh, it's actually released as well mm. but either way uh, ladies and gents we're definitely mm. going to be seeing the force awakens trailer uh, so, within the next couple of months anyway well
0: teaser i'd call it a teaser
1: yeah. teaser yeah
0: because the rumors are saying that it's no longer than a minute you know
1: yeah so um yeah yeah so basically a teaser which is something to sort of whet the appetite before um before we have the have taft endure the year-long wait of 2015
0: so, yeah. I mean it's too long away. But I will say one thing. I even said this to my wife to be, Eleanor Ross, and she looked at me weird because it came out of nowhere. And I was sitting watching TV with her. I can't remember what we were watching. It was it was actually probably Arrow. Um, which if if the listeners who listen to Star Wars I was cast do not know, then Arrow was the. TV show which is on the CW I'm quite sure they do and if you like that tune into Starling City Radio I've I've heard the guys on there are pretty good so um, I turned around just during the middle of an arrow scene and I went do you know what I cannot believe I'm getting to see episode 7 and she went what do you mean and I said the fact that episode 7 is happening because George Lucas original plan obviously consisted of this whole story and and she went yeah but Disney have bought it and I went Man, you've just ruined my buzz. <laughs> <laughs> you know that way, but it's just like I, I'm. You can understand where I'm coming from, Ross, because obviously, uh, the look. Lucas always said that three, four, and five were the middle part of his. Like he, he originally at one point said there was nine films.
1: Yeah, yeah, he'd always he'd had um, he'd planned it out for nine films, um, and uh, I believe some of his original plans that he wrote in the eighties for mm. the nine films which is when he did it uh, were taken in by Disney as well to sort of have a Lucas the watch Oh yeah, and stuff like ev-
0: even I'm sure we talked about a previous show, you were saying that anything canon, like if they're unsure, they will, George Lucas is like the um, consultant for yeah. Disney he's the Star Wars consultant for anyone he created Star Wars man, I know you're uh, some people are out there going, ah oh, but George Lucas made Jar Jar, hey man if it wasn't for him there would be no Empire yeah, end of the day yeah.
1: <laughs> And it's, um, yeah, I think, uh, I believe, like, sort of, if they're introducing anything, like, drastic, they would sort of ask him or oh, ask yeah. his advice rather than what do you um, think? else. Yeah. And he
0: would give his, you can do it, but this way sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Right, or so, what if, do it this way and yeah. do this way or but do it this way type idea. But either way, of it's going to be interesting and it's, it's exciting times for... Um, for uh, people our age um, and Star Wars fans uh, worldwide is getting to see an actual and uh, another film again since the last one was at two
0: thousand
1: and four. what was that? Revenge
0: of the Sith. I think it was yeah. two thousand and four, two thousand and three. And I remember buying the game day one. I loved, I loved Revenge of the Sith. But um, do you know it's just one of those times where a lot of people, apart from obviously the fans listening to this podcast, will understand that you're sitting there. And you must have, at one point in your life, when you're watching Clone Wars, Ross went, I'm never going to get to see a Star Wars film again, am I?
1: I did you know? uh, yeah, yeah. A few years, if, if somebody told me like uh, three, four years ago, like before the Disney mm. um, buy over said, oh, there's going to be a Star Wars film in 2015, and I would have Bill bullcrap!
0: There's yeah. no way
1: that's going to happen.
0: Um, That's doohickey.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. kind of good. But then again, if somebody also back then said you're going to see, a, you know, a, a, you know, like um, Avengers 2, Jurassic World, you know, a fifth Terminator all in 2015, I'd still be like, Bull crap. Yeah. <laughs> so it's exciting times for moviegoers as a whole, but especially whole, for Star Wars fans Star Wars as well. Star Wars fans, yeah. So.
0: I'd say Star Wars fans, it clips them all. The only thing that could maybe top it is Back to the Future 4 starring... The original yeah.
1: cast. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, possibly. But still, though, Star Wars is Star Wars. But, uh, mm. but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much all that I have that's, anyway for no. the Star Wars news. I think that's quite good to Well, sort of... there,
0: there was a wee line, though, Ross, before we dive in. There was a line that was kind of revealed. I know i love to get you reading your lines and shameless plugs down on set radio, but... Of course,
1: yes. Um, yeah, we do have a line. Uh, um, there's been a line that's supposedly been leaked from the script. And... Uh, Basically, uh, everybody believes that this is actually, like, a, a true line. Like, this is basically, like, what's going on. Um, Two-six, let me just try and...
0: Yeah, this, this. Li- this line, listeners, really... Um, I did not know about this line till Ross told me tonight, and I was... Even this one line, it's not even, may the force be with you or anything, it just gave me so many ideas. I'm sure all you have, and I would, I'd love to hear them, obviously, at RebusCast yeah. on Twitter tweet them a bit ross
1: yeah the um the line is basically um obviously uttered we're assuming uttered by han solo Uh and the line reads chewy we're back home so oh. it'll be very interesting to see how that plays in if it is a real line how it plays into the film and uh what where is is home going to be tatooine is home going to be oh. where um where Han was originally from, which is Corellia, or, you know, it it raises up quite a lot. I reckon it'll be we're back home onto Tatooine. Tatooine, I I believe that was where he sort of bases most of his operations. Or it could be Chewie, we're back home, in the sense that there are rumours going around that at the start of Episode Seven, uh, the Millennium Falcon is in somebody else's hands, so it could be the (gasps) fact that Han Solo and Chewbacca are getting themselves back into the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. Which that makes more sense considering a lot that, that they're home. So uh, it would be quite cool to see them, you know, maybe they've lost, maybe they had to sell the Millennium Falcon between the 30 years of, from episode uh, six and seven, mm-hmm. or nah, they've I lost don't. it or whatever. But I, either way, it would be quite cool if that line was I've them got, sitting I've in got, the cockpit going, Chewie, we're back
0: home. I've got an actual news story now that you've said that. I always imagine them going back to the Wookiee home world. And then I imagine them going to the Karelian system, but I don't think they'll touch on that, because there's a lot of, um, expanded universe, uh, or legends, sorry, legends now, we'll call it legends now, that, um, is around the Karelian system, and I think they might want to dive into that at some point with their extended films, especially with the rumoured Boba Fett one, so... You saying that, Ross, which you haven't said to me before tonight, thanks for the heads up, dude, you know.
1: <laughs> I, 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 dude, I literally just, it came and, it, it just came, it was on the top of my head when I was like kind of list, listing, mm. like my mind was kind of going, right, what what would be home for Han Solo and Chewbacca if it wasn't Tatooine yeah. and Karelia and not Kashyyyk? It's like, well, the only other place they're always at is the Millennium Falcon, so it was so like, on, it on the you heard it boss, first. You know, Yeah, heard, heard it there first, Lost.
0: I, literally. Right Star Wars <laughs> UK, no, I can imagine it right now, and I don't want them to think that they've sold it. I can't imagine that happened. What I imagine is that Hans slipped back into his old ways. And he's better. And I would love only one person to have won it off him.
1: And who would that be?
0: Oh, Mr. Kyrgyz. <laughs> i has he
1: saying Has he been even confirmed that he was going to be I'm it sure. I'm
0: sure, it? I'm sure he has. And if not, you've heard it here first if he appears in that <laughs> movie. Um... But even if he's not, there could be a way of working it in. It if you know, um, oh, what's that? This name, Billy D.
1: Williams. Billy D. Williams,
0: of course, of course. Sorry, Mister Williams, if you listen. But Mister um, uh, Billy D. Williams is a fantastic actor, and I, th- I believe I read. Uh, this is divulging too much into. Um, other movies, but uh, there's a Rocky movie coming out that's no longer going to be Rocky 7, it's going to yeah, be Creed. Uh, and it's yeah. about Rocky helping out Apollo Creed's son, so he's going to be in that. Um, But I would love, I, I love that act of Billy Dee Williams. He's so fantastic. Look, Living in America, son of a beach. And Predator, sorry, sorry, listen <laughs> if I said beach. But the beach is a nice place to go if you've got a boat. But anyway, um, in this, I would love him to have lost it back to Lando, and Lando's sitting in Cloud City as like the sort of overlooking governor of the new kids, and he's like one more time, Han. He's like one more time, and they go, "Son of a Jedi," and like high five, you know, and, and in then, like eighties,
1: they... eighties like freeze frame <laughs> as the as the credits roll, and like a cheesy synth eighties music plays as it rolls up, and that'll be the end of Episode Seven. <laughs> Like a jumping high five at Cloud C. That's the credit
0: a... scene. Is them yeah. s- before credits are sitting down, like jumping high five, and it lasts through the whole credits. Yeah. Credits, we get them playing the cards, and then it goes back to them high fiving again, and then it goes black and white, and then at the end we get them winning, and he goes Chewie, we're back home.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Drops make. <the mic. laughs> And pants up yeah. walks off swaggering. I Every day this. I'm hustling, hustling, hustling.
1: Swaggers into the sunset <laughs> as, oh. as like Kenny Logan style music plays.
0: Stay frosty. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, yes, uh, that was the other piece of news, was that um, sure. lovely line. And I think we had good fun speculating in that one. But, um, yep, us here at Rebelscast were in agreement that it could be. Millennium Falcon as as his home and it could be the fact that Lando he's bet off his Millennium Falcon to somebody, which we hope is Lando to then start off like the spin-off movies being like a buddy cop style thing with Lando and Han dealing justice in the Outer Rim (laughs) My god, Ali, we need to get this right We need to get get it
2: It
1: It'd be like like Lethal Weapon crossed with Star Wars and it'd be Han and Lando
0: No, Mel Gibson (laughs) Uh,
1: so yes, uh, that's that's, <laughs> that's that's how we're gonna leave our new yeah, segment on, on the on the possibility of a lethal weapon Star Wars uh spin-off film yeah. with Lap
0: Han. hand. <laughs> anyway, right. um just start with the episode discussion which was um Star Wars Rebels episode Empire Day and I believe that is episode six now.
1: Uh, yes, episode six, Empire Day. Uh, it was it's it was the first sort of foray uh, of Star Wars Rebels delving into sort of multi-episode uh, storyline. Now the Clone Wars suffered a little bit with a couple of their multi-arc storylines you know, you know, I will,
0: up I will to... make a, sorry Russ, but I will make a point with the Clone Wars because I've obviously been rewatching it as um, yeah. I'm waiting for the Rebels episode every week that I need. Um, they made a problem up to season three, I think it was, or just. Season four and five that on TV the broadcast was kind of like broken up, so they had action, on an episode, then another one. However, one of the episodes in the Clone Wars, you had Zero. I don't know if you remember Zero the Hutt,
1: uh, yes,
0: I hope. right? They went to jail, and then you had a future episode where Obi Wan and uh, I believe it's Quinlan Voss put them in jail.
1: Yeah, um, actually, I was going to tell you this off air when you mentioned Clone Wars, but on the actual starwars.com site. Yeah, there's, there's an official a, listing. Yeah, there's an official listing where you sort of jump between episodes, series and episodes in order for it to make a little more sense. I'm not too sure if that, that was done purely because of the way it aired on TV, but there oh. is, like, sometimes you start. For example, like the movie for Clone Wars, you're not supposed to watch that until you've watched like four episodes of season three. Then you watch the movie, yeah. and then you watch like season two, part of season two, then season one. Yeah. Blah, Whereas blah, blah, blah.
0: the network at the time and the people that were dealing with it at the time released it broken up for more action. And, it, Ross, that's one thing I salute Disney for. Apart from a lot of the things, like I was annoyed with the uh, official canon breakup, and then I understand why they've done it. They cannot move on forward from that competently as a, a company yeah so um cancel it all makes sense keeping the clone wars makes sense but the fact is that that list went up once disney owned it so disney have officially wrote it down and went oh hold on a minute these tv networks i can't remember where the clone wars was on because the first time i seen a uh, clone wars a movie was in sky movies and i rented it and mm. i was like what, this seems in the middle of something? Who's this? Who's this? You know, like, Ashoka. Yeah. I didn't know who Soka was. And I was like, right. And now that this list has come out, I really want them to re-release the Blu-rays in official order because I've got the Blu-rays coming for Christmas, hopefully, from Santa because I wrote a list. And uh, I'm like, they're on tv form as much as i know if any listener knows that i'm wrong then please let me know but as far as i know on the discs it is tv broadcast style yeah
1: it's tv broadcast style on the blu-rays and the dvds yeah. because some some of my friends have the blu-rays and it's broadcast tv style but what would be great for disney is if uh, on for the blu-ray release of episode 7 they release like the prequel trilogy the clone wars rebels the original trilogy and Episode it? Seven yeah. on a huge, like hundred plus, uh, like, a bit like the James Bond style box Yeah, set.
0: I've but got But for
1: one. Star Wars, that would be ridiculous. That,
0: that would be that would be over three hundred pounds
1: it would be so good though if they did it
0: (laughs) it would be Um, and i would probably pay it again because i remember waiting for the blu-ray i was actually on a waiting list for the blu-ray trilogy to like get announced that it was up and i was waiting at 12 o'clock midnight just for me to go pre-order for a few months time (laughs) and i remember it arriving and i was like oh my god and tasha could not understand uh this is getting into a wee bit of banter. Ladies and gentlemen, we apologise regularly. It was Casper, Casimo, we'll resume soon. And uh, <laughs> Tasha was like, why are you so excited? You've seen them before? And I goes, I haven't seen them on bloody <laughs> And I, they arrived. I was so happy with them, Ross. like, You know, the presentation of them was sweet. And I know George Lucas put his fingers back in the pie and changed a few things. But obviously, like I said before, I've got the DVD special edition with the Untouched as a bonus disc. And the only reason I bought the DVDs with the Untouched is because there are rumors disney may release it again but personally i cannot see disney doing that i can nah. think that was part of the clause george lucas said i updated it because this is what i wanted to do
1: yeah i think that's that was one of the things lucas yeah. said like you know like was was like all that all if you release the untouched ones then everything that i've done since 1997 has it's been for gorgeous. nothing you know yeah, yeah.
0: Especially um, the one thing that pisses me off, like I'm not one of I'm a movie like buff, but not as much as yourself, Ross. I love movies, and I've got favourite movies. But I mean, the only thing that annoys me that I would love them to release and change is the fact that they that Hayden Christensen as the Force Ghost in Return of the Jedi.
1: Yeah that and the fucking music but anyway
0: the music uh, doesn't bother me as much but you know what i mean when it's a completely different actor i mean i've got the action figure of anakin skywalker as a force ghost but real like as in fully formed where as if he was darth vader and you know, I cannot remember the actor that played it. I apologise to that actor, but um, I'm bad with names. I'm really bad with names, even day to day life. Um, but I mean, it's got. I've got a figure of that, and the the reason I bought it is because I thought I watched this as a child, and that's who I seen. And then I got the Blu-rays and watched it, and it was at the end of Jedi. And I don't mind the music and the added scenes of like Gung, uh, the Gungan city, and uh, like obviously you've got Nab- well, Naboo Well, goes to the Gungan City and they're all integrated and they've Coruscant and Coruscant I understand why they've added that but I mean changing the force codes to Hayden Christensen it's like are you actually kidding me I think the actual Clone Wars CGI model of him had more animated features than he does as an actor
1: yeah, yeah definitely so, yeah. sorry to
0: Mr. Christensen if you ever want to come <laughs> on this show and debate it feel free <laughs> or is that Rebels cast, you know? So anyway, um
1: so back onto Empire Day yeah, sorry. with um uh, obviously it's first frame of multi-episode arc, and as I said with Clone Wars, they kinda they suffered a little bit towards the later series with the fact that like a lot of stories were spread out over multi episodes almost for the sake of just filling in episodes. So um but it was great to see Rebels uh you know, like spread their storyline over more than one episode because as we were saying uh, a couple of episodes ago uh, on the podcast, that um, we did find that 20 minutes was too short and a lot of the stories were rushed and concluded quite abruptly in order to fit in the time span of 20, 22 minutes. So it was great to sort of like have Empire Day. um, It felt more organic and it felt a bit more sort of like drawn out in a positive way. knowing that it was going to be it ends with to be continued so um a quick sort of synopsis of empire day we kind of our dastardly crew of uh, of the ghost um are down on uh, lothal which seems to be the main planet that everything's focusing around just now uh, down the main planet and uh, during empire day which is uh, celebrating the 15 years of the galactic empire and um yeah, basically decide to sort of cause some disruption by blowing up one of the new TIE Fighters that Lothal have produced. Um, and obviously things sort of get out of hand when they blow up the TIE Fighter with the sense that they find out about this Rodian who has Imperial secrets embedded in his brain. So they try and take him away. And this um, this Rodian also reveals that he knows what's happened to Ezra's parents which ends on a big cliffhanger it's like dun 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 so yeah it was pretty cool installment and uh it was um it it, it was quite badass I kind of I like the idea where we got to see how the empire is ingrained in people's lives and the fact that everyone's forced to um to applaud and forced to sort of be happy in order to sort of you know like um you know, be one with the Empire and all that stuff was quite good. kind of showed how much of a dictatorship the Empire really is. And uh, that's something that sort of gets glossed over or just sort of like skimmed upon with them in the original trilogy uh, in the sense that, you know, because they're just so focused on that group, you kind of see, oh, Empire's bad and that's it. Now we're kind of, with Rebels, is now getting to flesh out why they're bad and, you know, what they do to ordinary citizens who are not out doing extravagant adventures and stuff like that, which is quite cool. Um, it was also, here's a bit of uh, information on Empire Day. Um, the episode Empire Day, uh, It's ha- it happened to air on the anniversary of the Life Day uh, holiday special. So there you go, Ali, you know, the infamous Christmas... Mm-hmm special well there you go empire yeah. day was aired on that Ooh, anniversary which is quite that funny. Is
0: genius i um, would always love to see those re released like we we're talking about before on a untouched box set
1: that'd be hilarious <laughs> um oh and also another thing that i know i don't know if you did know in this in empire day the imperial march is used as an actual like in-universe tune
0: <laughs> oh it's my brilliant. god
1: so good so uh yeah there's kind of quite cool tidbits for like sort of crazy star wars fans like us too to sort of you know like squeal at and uh, shout at but um overall though it was quite good we got you know like we got a bit of sabine's history in the previous episode now it seems to be ezra's turn hopefully kanan will be coming on next Um obviously we know a wee bit more about him via the book of new dawn and um, but anyway but yeah it was specifically ezra he, he was a bit of a brat in the sense that he would refuse he refused to tell people what the hell was going on but um but still though um yeah, we find out a wee bit more about sort of the Empire's plans for Lothal as well, which kind of opens up a wee bit more of the thing. And Fulcrum as well was mentioned um, in passing, in the sense that Sibo, the Rodian who has all the um, the information, uh, they have to get him to Fulcrum, which obviously initiates a chase with the Inquisitor and uh, Agent Agent Sideburns, uh, A.K.A. Agent Callus. Uh, uh, through Lothal while they try and get themselves away from the planet um, so yeah Ezra's past revealed reveal that he doesn't really know much about his parents and Sebo um, obviously reveals that he, he knows what's happened to him and stuff like that and what was quite cool as well is that Sibo has like a brain head implant on and uh, it's quite similar to what the lobat wears in empire strikes back so again for us star wars fanatics it was quite good mm. so sort again of an ex- explanation of what that Im- implant actually does which is obviously to store more information and in- increase productivity of the person who's wearing it which makes sense for a, ca- a character like lobat and empire strikes back and obviously sebo kind of goes a wee bit insane with the implant on Uh, I hated the way he sounded. It sounded too much like Jar Jar Binks and I was about to I was getting like Vietnam flashbacks whenever he spoke about going oh god are we going to get another Misa do this Misa do that but um Luckily, it didn't stray too much into Jar Jar territory, but it was yes. still a bit jarring to listen to, sort of, the idea. Um, the action as well was paced out really well, and it was pretty badass, uh, especially considering how badass the Inquisitor was with his awesome new helmet that it is. Oh, um, yeah. I,
0: I love that. Badass.
1: Yeah, I kind of want that now in a stand because it'd be quite cool. And uh, he seems to have a prototype TIE fighter. That shaped similar to the same uh, TIE fighter that Vader uses in episode four. So it's Ooh. quite cool to kind of see the seeds being sown on the aesthetics that we get to see in the original trilogy sort of starting out in Rebels. Uh, which is quite cool, and then finally we get to see the stormtroopers putting up a bit of a fight, which is even better. Like this, it's like one sort of imperial commando guy just manages to jump on the the sort of like um, the the troop transport that the crew have managed to sort of use as uh, to escape in, and he jumps in, kicks some ass, and it takes Kanan having to use his force powers to get rid of him, which was quite cool. And hopefully the reason they've added that in is because they. They've been listening to the fans realizing that uh, everyone thinks that the stormtroopers are sort of like uh, being a bit too soft on our crew. I know it's Disney and I know they have to, um, you know, the group have to survive and, and get out unscathed. But still, you've got to can't make their villains too hapless. So it's quite cool to see one of the troopers actually like, you know, do some do some action and some badassery where he sort of kicked ass and knocked Ezra to the ground, knocked Kanan down to the ground as well. And uh, he was about to sort of, like, had the upper hand until, obviously, the force was used to get rid of him. Uh, An Imperial combat driver, that's who it was. Uh, So, yeah, it was quite cool to actually finally see somebody stand, like, uh, an unknown standout in that manner and it kind of showed, you know... It kind of made the troopers not as stupid as they they tend to be um, shown in the show. But, yeah... Overall, in my opinion, I thought Empire Day was quite a cool, a cool wee episode. Like, uh, it it did quite well. The pacing was great. It set up a nice sort of cliffhanger as well, Um, and obviously it left the it left us hanging with the crew escaping, uh, escaping Lothal, but still being chased by the Imperials. So, uh, I'm really looking forward to see what happens in the next instalment. And yeah, it's opened up sort of Ezra's past a little bit as well, which was like the final sort of I think chopper. Is the only crew member in the Ghost that's yet to have a backstory, which that would be hilarious if it turns out he was like some sort of private detective that was kicking about. But that's just my fantasy. But yeah, uh, Kate. So yes, Ezra, as I said, we kind of got a wee glimpse into what how he became who he was. Uh, What about yourself, Ali? What did you think of Empire Day? Um, What did I think of Empire Day?
0: Um, I I did like uh, Empire Day. Um, it was good obviously like you said it's the first of a two parter and um, it set it up really well I agree with like because it's him is badass I hope they'd really bring that as a replica However,
1: yeah, I'd love that as a stand somewhere man with like awesome blo- like, under lighting would be quite cool
0: oh that'd be amazing but however, however just as you were talking to me I discovered a Jedi holocron and it came with a message and it brought Master Yogi to the show did it oh here he is this is his (laughs) words of wisdom yogi how are you doing
2: where can we find this uh holocron or thingamabobbers
0: i don't know you just appeared out of it yogi i was was amazed i mean ross was discussing rebels and i found a holocron anyway how are you doing yogi
2: (laughs) good good i'm uh i had a very rich dinner so i'm fighting the itis (laughs)
0: so. <laughs> how, how many midichlorians do you need to lose by tomorrow to make jedi weight?
2: yeah i don't know it's gonna have to be a lot of uh working out for sure and then thanksgiving coming up so, you know mm. do you guys do you guys have a lot of food comas over there in the uk
0: mm. christmas really i mean we didn't um we, we don't celebrate thanksgivings or well, I, so I,
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. christmas yeah, christmas, christmas easter, easter and but and it's gotta vacant. be <laughs> it's yeah gotta christmas be. it's gotta be a comparable holiday where you just stuff your face and just like go into a food coma afterwards What's i think yours? that
0: i think that's called monday after work yeah. <laughs> in scotland it generally is the amount of uh, grease, fried fish fried chips that we have in this country thanks to the damn italians you know we um we we don't get much option, but anyway, you okay? Like I was about to bring up a point to Ross. I know I was keeping you up to date. Um, we're talking about Empire Day, and uh, I've got an issue, Ross, with what I was talking to you about earlier. You mentioned the, uh, the Tie Fighter of the Inquisitor. Yes. Yeah? Uh-huh. And it's awesome. It's brilliant. But one of my childhood toys is the Darth Vader prototype Tie Fighter. Now any listener can correct me in this and say I'm wrong. However, it seemed that it was far too similar for darth vader's to be considered a prototype now i want yogi to give his opinion then ross to give his opinion on how they feel about that or if they feel about that but for me the fact that it was so like it and it possibly was the exact same model i don't know if i can deal with darth vader having the badass tie fighter anymore i think it took something away from darth vader's tie fighter yogi did you you think this
2: Yeah, and I mentioned this before, one of the biggest issues I've had with any uh, Star Wars content that's considered canon uh, is that they have real weird things with continuity, and that's been an issue since the original three movies, and it's like, you know, one one moment it's like, you know, high-tech, then it's like low-tech, and then it's like, oh, this is the top of the line, no, no, this is the top of the line, but it's like, wait, chronologically that doesn't make sense, so... Yeah, it does take away a little bit from Darth Vader. And I, I kind of noticed that, like, wait, if this is a prototype, doesn't that mean that it should be essentially not as cool as, like, the stuff that comes after it?
0: Mm. Yeah. Ross, what did you think? Did you, Do you, you understand what I'm saying by that? Like, Darth Vader's tie fighter was literally the same model? Or do you think his was maybe the plus one and he had the turbo I, button?
1: I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And uh, my reasoning to it all is that uh, after a quick um search in the web and also having some background in Tarkin, which is not going to be any spoilers to the books, so don't worry mm. too much about it. Is uh, obviously then Quitters TIE Fire, right? It's a TIE advanced version one prototype. <clears throat> uh, it's got foldable wings as well. Which kind of I think that makes it kind of different. And um, obviously Vader's is a tie advanced, which is the actual like sort of final form. Mm-hmm. Now the reason I can I can see the similarities but kind of looking at each um picture uh, darth vader's is more angular in terms of like how uh, the the wings sort of like angle towards a cockpit uh, which is more reminiscent of the jedi starfighter now in mm. the tarkin book which is set five oh. years after the end of revenge of the sith um darth vader flies a jet black uh, advanced jedi starfighter which has a similar kind of wings as the um as the TIE Advanced, but has obviously the cockpit of a sort of TIE fighter. So I reckon that it's an amalgam. It's probably taken the, um, the sort of the innards of the TIE Advanced prototype that you see the Inquisitor flying, uh, and added his own aesthetic, which resembles sort of the wings of the Jedi Starfighter. With obviously the new upgraded tie cockpit, but still though it does take a it does take away the uniqueness of Darth Vader's. Like I mean, what I've just told you there, like you know, I've had to go in and research that. You know, I was like, like
0: "School, Dally! sit the f- yeah. I actually sat there, <laughs> sat the Jedi back down in my seat there, Ross. I was like, "Oh, I get you though. It's completely right what you've said, but uh, please continue."
1: Uh, So, obviously, because I had to research that, you shouldn't have to research that to try and, like, work out uh, whether or not that's, uh, you know, whether to to sort of, like, justify it. And it does take away the uniqueness of Darth Vader's thing. But still, though, you know, it is technically only uh, five, uh, four years um, behind. It's four years before um, the battle at Yavin 4. So. You know, maybe maybe Darth Vader's decided to throw out a couple of versions to see how well they do first before he decides to take one out himself. But still, though, yeah, I do. I, I am in agreement though that it does te- it does really sort of take away his uniqueness of having his own sort of like personalized uh, tie fire. Um, but it, it was still badass to kind of see it, and it was a nice wee nod to the original trilogy. And as I was mentioned beforehand, that's what's so cool about Rebels just now is you're sort of seeing the. the the seeds being sown of the aesthetics of everything that you do get to see in the
2: original trilogy. Sure. Well, you know what's kind of neat, actually? When we saw Darth Vader before he became Darth Vader, Anakin, right? He was kind of pretty handy as a mechanic, right? So maybe he just riced out his TIE fight. He's like, I'm going to pimp my ride. (laughs) It'll look the same on the outside, but like underneath under the hood it's like a sleeper you know it's like oh you gotta try to beat us in this little hunk of, of metal whatever and all of yeah. a sudden it's like yeah my thing is better than yours i'm, I'm the pimp daddy yo <laughs> yeah i reckon. Yeah. I mean like if i
1: was if i was darth vader if i was like um a, a crazy psychotic uh Sith Lord, um, I would pretty much like I would design my uh, aesthetically. I would design my ship to look like uh, like you know your general ship, but have it like souped up inside. So an X-wing fighter, would be like oh god, it's just another Tie Fighter. Then go bam! No, it's not, bitch. Yeah, exactly.
2: I've got proton <laughs> torpedoes. What? You
0: know I got a fish tank in the back. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Tim West would pit my ride <laughs> his seat like it, it vibrates it has like shiatsu massage yeah. rig set up in there lower lumbar support that's,
0: that's ex- Yogi's just figured out the biggest mystery of the world why um, Darth Vader said I have them now cause I'm so massaged
1: He's got, his neon, he's got his neon underlights under the cockpit as well, and everything, man. You know.
0: We sorted out with the Vader dog. You know?
1: <laughs> it's Dude. like the, the bendable wings are kind of like the, the sort of like the jack lifts you get in the cars. You know, that sort of like boost up the rear and front view of the cars. <laughs> oh Yo,
0: Vader dog, we sorted out with a lot. We got some hate in the back, some fear in the front. What more does you want? <laughs> You know, but it, it totally makes sense,
2: like what you said about uh, being a maniacal kind of, you know, maniacal, eat better yet, just narcissist kind of bad guy. It makes sense that you do something like that where, like, you just want to completely demoralize people. And, they, it's, yeah, I'm going to give them a false sense of security. and going to think I have the same kind of a ride they do. And then I'm going to totally surprise them. That, that, like, story, from a storytelling perspective, that makes a lot of sense that he would do something like that
1: yeah um but uh, but still though it does it still strips away that kind of you know like when you saw Darth Vader's tie fire when I first saw it, I was like wow that's like so different even though it's like it's yeah. just got angular wings but still you're like oh my <laughs> crap you know what Darth Vader's tie fire is like and now you kind of go oh well hang on a minute they've been in production for the past five years oh okay then <laughs> you know without you know like aesthetically anyway you can't really tell the difference but um but still, though, it was quite cool to see it sort of in action. And uh, it was quite cool to have somebody like the Inquisitor to have that kind of tie fire because it sort of enhanced his badassery yet again, especially with his cool ass knight helmet as well that he wears. It was
2: awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mm. He's such a pain in the ass. I can't believe that uh, Zeb missed the shot. Can we talk yeah. about that? <laughs> uh, no, what not the hell was that? that? Yet, <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm jumping ahead. Uh no no I
1: haven't um yeah he just totally like obviously um in that but kinda I don't even think I've seen the Inquisitor run as well. He seems to just walk everywhere, which he yeah. just gives him an air of menaces, menace menace as well. He um, doesn't give a fuck, he's like whatever.
2: Yeah, <laughs> 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 what is he me- gonna
1: do to me? It's like, it's in a chase, and you see all the other TIE fighter pilots sprinting to the ship, and he's just, like, meandering over with his lightsaber, going, ah, don't worry, I'm just going to stop and have a have my peace first before I head out and fly do You know,
0: every time he walks, all I hear is, um, like, gangster rap songs for a reason, do you know what, Millie?
1: Got, he's got some swag.
0: Every day I'm hustling, 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 you know, he's like... I'm stressing myself for this nonsense. All these <laughs> Jedi's can get to Dantooine. You know, it's like every day I'm hustling, hustling. I got a double sided lightsaber, lightsaber. It's got a swirly bit in the middle, middle. Ha. <laughs> Sorry. But, too but far. But yeah,
1: uh,
2: with with the short the zip. You <laughs> gotta make that a meme. <laughs> <laughs> or you could or he could do the whole little thing where like if he, if you get a scene of him dusting off his shoulders, he gets get some song like that the, the has in the lyrics and he's just dusting like just looping him dusting off his shoulders like doing a little dance that would be a dance one day actually it already is I think I mean <laughs> you know in, in hip hop uh, people going to convulsions is a dance so why not
0: yeah exactly the they exact... inquisitor dust off <laughs> so in, in, in say a hundred years in earth time we've get people doing the inquisitor shuffle cha cha root smooth and walk slow walk slow <laughs>
2: Dude, it's going to be the next big thing in weddings. You had it here.
0: You had it here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I was just wondering if, like, is he just that badass as a Sith? Or or is it just that he intimidates people so much that they just... They can't get a, a clear yeah. shot at him. They just, they just become like complete noobs all of a sudden around it, him. I don't that,
0: know. That, that's a good question. I mean, like in a new dawn, it kind of focuses on Kanan. And obviously Kanan's back, so he's not a pushover. So Ross, what, I wanted to ask you this tonight, Ross. That's a good lead-in, Yogi. Yeah, Master Yogi, Master Yogi. Um, I Ooh. mean, I'm going to pass over to Ross because I wanted to know his opinion on the fact that, like, like Yogi's just brought up, that he's the inquisitor as much as we've read he's been giving several force talents from the emperor and the and darth vader himself but um does that mean he's fully trained in the force now that you've seen him a bit more um i mean i don't know um I, like personally myself like you yogi from what i've read. It's more like he's been given bits and pieces, but, you know, from what... I'll I'll ask you first before, Ross, because, um, I mean, you asked the question, but, I mean, do you think he's fully trained? Do you think he's, like, Darth Maul, Darth Vader-style level? Or do you think he's just picking up bits and pieces? You know, is it a whole intimidation game he's playing?
2: He's got the intimidation factor down pat. Uh, I can't think of many... Many foes in the Star Wars universe that that I know of that have that that kind of presence that he does, you know. And Inquisitor is a pretty badass name. Oh,
0: but yeah. uh, I mean, I think it was originally brought in from the RPG series that um, Master Skywalker knows a bit more after he was uh, searching for his holocron. Um, I mean, as far as I see it, I think the Inquisitor. I know we've been led to believe he's just been trained on by the attack dogs. He's, he's one of Vader's attack dogs, but I mean, Ross, like, like, oh, sorry, I'll pass over to you. Finally, um, I was just talking to <laughs> you over there. Um, like, what do you reckon? Like the Inquisitor's status? Like, I want to,
2: I want to say, I want to yeah. say he's more than an attack dog. I think that they're downplaying it. He must have some bigger role in that. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, weird that yeah, know
0: now that it's canon, and we've got rid of Galimatic, unfortunately. Jedi yeah, is his mean, soul. Like,
1: I think, I kind of think, that like, I reckon he does have attack dogs. I mean, like, the galaxy is like, you know, like, thousands and thousands of billions of people out there, you know, so Darth Vader can't go around. I think, I'm pretty sure at the, when Order 66 was announced, right, there was over, like, 100,000 Jedis in the galaxy, right, or something ridiculous like that, so there's, like, a fuck ton of Jedi still to be sort of like you know exterminated uh, and if you think about it it'd be only the main generals that got killed in the immediate after in the immediate sort of order 66 so there'd be a whole load of people that um that wouldn't have been around or who would have been training and blah, blah 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 so anyway uh in terms of like the uh the attack dog idea i reckon yeah there are attack dogs out there invaders probably taking people brainwashed them and trained them in some form of dark Jedi stuff the inquisitor that we see I reckon he's, like, the head of the pack of attack dogs. So, like, you would have, like, the Emperor, Darth Vader, then the Inquisitor that we see, then everybody else. So, you know, I think when they when they mention attack dogs, I think that's just a, a sort of general overview. But I reckon that we definitely are going to find out a wee bit more about the Inquisitor. I reckon he's going to be, like, the Vader's, like, sort of, sort of like, you know, chosen pet type idea uh, mm. to have.
0: Hey. What if, because obviously the the Sith, uh, I know the old Legends series so or the old expanded universe runs on the whole thing whereas Disney can pick into it or they can take it out but as far as the old universe concerned after like the Sith kind of get um, broken down it became there's a master and an apprentice and that's all they have and I know in Return of Jedi we kind of seen the flip of that and it was, this is going by back reading folks if you're listening to this Um, ...and you're wondering what he's talking about... ...it's because the expanded universe... um, ...at some points... like ...my first steps into the universe was the Old Republic... ...before I'd even watched A New Hope... ...and the Sith were... ...there were many Sith... ...they were actually a race... ...that um, the Dark Jedi consumed... ...and they called themselves the Sith Lords... ...because they ruled over them... ...and the fact that you're seeing in Return of the Jedi... ...that the Sith are ruling the galaxy... ...there's only two of them still and that there's, uh, just basically, um obviously Luke Skywalker, and Yoda obviously passes away, and, uh that's about it, I know you see Ben Kenobi, well, Obi-Wan Kenobi in his Ben stages at the start, but the fact that the Sith are doing this, I would expect them to have more, because obviously the Sith have got a way of life that, we've only seen a brief glimpse of this universe, and we've seen, basically, it's like watching a TV program about the best places you stay. And then now we're seeing the nitty gritty of the underside of the Force and the underside of the Star Wars universe. You know, I even think we might even see grittier scenes on Coruscant and Tatooine than we ever have in the new movie. Possibly. Possibly even in Rebels Ross. I know they kind of dipped into it more, they see the underbelly, and I think it was Attack of the Clones where they were in the. They tried to recreate the bar scene almost from A New Hope. Anyone got get... some death sticks? Yeah, I mean, I <laughs> death sticks. Yeah, basically that line, Ross, that you need to refuse every night you go out and stay on the Jawa juice. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. Want to buy some death sticks? Want to <laughs> buy some death sticks? Yeah, I don't want to sell you death sticks. I'm going to go uh-huh. home and rethink my life. You know, but um, that sort of scene... That's I my think... chat-up
1: line every Friday night. Is it?
0: You want some <laughs> death sticks? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know what I'm getting at? Like, I... Yeah. I expect episode 7 to be more in tone and style wise and grey and lighter tones like more basic tones than like episodes 1, 2 and 3 were all bright and vibrant and it was like lightsabers everywhere and uh, I think episode 2 Attack of the Clones when we seen them going down to the underbelly of Coruscant and they went to the bar it was more of a nod it's more of going. To, it's more of not an, even a nod. It's more of what we can expect. I, I think anyway from the new movies, and if they go down that route, then, of course, there's going to be more to the the, the Sith because the Sith always ruled the Empire, and it only became. I think it was um, was it a path of destruction, and they decided that they were going to do the rule of two. I believe that's the book listeners again at Rebuscast UK you'll get us on Twitter and they decided there was only gonna be a master and an apprentice, so I know I digressed again, but Ross, do you think there could be even more Sith?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean like like the rule of two is only to apply like as to who um who leads and controls the galaxy or controls the Sith. Like, you know, there's a difference between Sith Lord and Dark Jedi. Yeah, you know and dark jet and like you know dark jedi can only learn up to a point you know and that's the whole point the, the whole idea is the fact that like if you're a sith right you're bound to be killed by your your apprentice but before you're killed by your apprentice the apprentice needs an apprentice of his own so take you know count dooku, count dooku had asajj ventress uh you know Sidious. Sidious had darth vader and then obviously force unleashed they kind of insinuated that star killer was to be Darth Vader's apprentice so and obviously Luke Skywalker was pretty much they were hoping that he would then he would become you know pretty much Darth Vader's apprentice and then father and son would take Mm -hmm. over the galaxy so you know so they have to come from somewhere and that's where Darth Jedi come from because everyone's got to remember like the force isn't just controlled by Sith and Jedi the force can be done by anyone like you know you don't need to be a Jedi to to sort of tap into the force these people that aren't Jedi kind of see it as dumb luck you know, so there, there are... There, but there'll be people... Well, like, it's,
0: more, it's more that they're more in tune with the Force because obviously some people are blessed with definite abilities even in real life. You know, some people are more athletic, some people are more knowledgeable. Yeah. It's more... Some people in the Star Wars galaxy are born with Force, more Force. Yeah, like
1: Force-sensitive, you know, or Force emergence. And, uh, but, yeah, but like Dark Jedi... I hear they and, have pills for that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I mean like that I mean, you know, yeah, the rule of two still goes in for who's controlling around, you. you know. You can only have two Sith to control everything, but you can still have have numerous Jedi's and that's being explored now in Rebels with obviously the Inquisitor. But to go back to the previous um mm. sort of like topic that we we're talking about that um Yogi quite rightly really pointed out that there's more to the Inquisitor than that meets the eye. More than meets the eye. It'd cool. be quite cool if it was a transformer. <laughs> but um but yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I can totally see the Inquisitor being some form of like, you know, like the head of these attack dogs, you know, as in like the best one yeah. out there tracking down the most, um, the most sort of like, obviously like Vader would be like, right, this list is for me, which we could would include like Yoda, Kenobi and, all, and maybe Ahsoka and all those other sort of like major ones. But everybody else, you would be like, right. I'll give to my primary guy, which is this Inquisitor person, and then under the Inquisitor, he would then go, right, all you guys can now get this shit and go out and do whatever you want to
0: do, so... Yeah, but, sorry. I mean, dro- sorry, I, I, Ross has finished up a point, but I'll digress again. Like, going back to what I was saying about the um, the Clone Wars books, like, the, the Rule of Two and stuff, it was Darth Bane, and, I mean, Darth Bane, like, his books, there's a trilogy of them that are amazing. If you haven't read them, give them a read. They're still part of the Legends, they still could be dipped in. And the reason I say that, Ross, is because Darth Bane was, like he was responsible for creating the rule of two and he was mentioned i don't know if you guys remember clone wars darth bane came up and it was yoda and it was season six like the lost missions
1: yeah yeah that's the one where he goes to korriban himself and he's yeah. obviously person yeah 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 yeah. i remember that I...
0: yeah so so the fact that they've got him like i've got the trilogy of books like in paperback they're up on my star wars bookshelf which is getting ridiculously big you know um but I mean Darth uh, Bane is a badass and I really do like the ruler too. but as I said before previously like my first experience of Star Wars like I want your next se- sentence to start with that and I'm going to pass over to Yogi my first experience of Star Wars was my mum had bought me she said you want to see this new hope Star Wars movie because I'm not that young well I'm old enough, it was uh, a New Hope by that time, you want to see this New Hope movie read these books, because mum always wanting me to read, and she goes, I got you these comics, and it was Old Republic and I learned all about the Old Republic, and I I learned so much about Star Wars, and see by the time that I'd watched um, A New Hope I I was confused I was confused as hell, so my mum done it all wrong, she gave me this stuff and not that she's a Star Wars fan um. But she gave me the Old Republic stuff, and I was reading through them. I was like, where's Nomi Sunrider? I was like, I cannot understand these characters. Why is there no Seth? Why are the people not treating each other the same way? But I realised that um, the Old Republic was set many, many years before the Battle of Yavin. So my first experience of Star Wars wasn't the movie. It must have been about five, six, possibly. And I get introduced to these comics, and... I couldn't get enough of them, I really hope that the Disney team focused in Old Republic at one point, and even the Dawn of the Force eras, but Yogi, what was your first experience of Star Wars? Like, literally, I don't even talking about seeing it in the cinema, I'm talking about did you have an action figure before you'd seen it?
2: Actually, that Star Wars was one of the first movies I saw in the theatre, which was a big deal for us, because my family, uh, you know, we were struggling, you know, living in New York City. Everything was expensive, and it was just a struggle just to keep up with rent and keep food on the table. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, when, you know, I went to see that in the theater, and my mind was blown. And this was, was also one of the first uh, VHS tapes that we owned, which is mm-hmm. weird because usually, like, especially my mom, like, my dad liked a lot of different kind of stuff, especially if there was, like, scantily clad women in it that made it cool yeah. for him. But uh, my mom, she didn't, she never liked anything that seemed too unbelievable. So like flying ships and all this kind of stuff, and people f- using their mind to control others, she's like, "Ah, oh, that's unbelievable." I'm like, "Yeah, that's why it's fiction." Hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just fun. I, that's one of my fondest memories, just watching that the movies and then having my mom go, "That's it, that's that's not realistic." But uh, <laughs> beyond the movies, I mean. You know that alone was big. Like, just watching in the theater yeah. and getting that big screen experience, but um, you know, one of my fondest so memories was it
0: Star Wars that you seen, or was it A New Hope?
2: It was the the first the first of the, the trilogy. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, dude. So, and then the beyond that, it was um, going to Macy's, which is a big department store out here in the states. And they were one of the first people to have the Star Wars action figures and they had a whole area just dedicated to Star Wars. And I thought the coolest thing was when they had a Jabba the Hut um action like playset that had like the trap door in it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I need all of this."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not much has changed since that, right?
2: No. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I, I still wish I could have it all, but uh, you know, when you have kids, it's a little tougher. Cause then it's like you're worried that the kids would get into it and like start playing with it. Or they might bump into it and break it. It's like ah, so uh, until I get to set up a vault, you know, like Scooch my duck, you know, yeah. just keep <laughs> all my treasure. You Yogi's know
0: what, Yogi's different. make make treasures that he dives into.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I tried that before and it doesn't, it doesn't work very well.
0: Well, how many? Well, a dollar bill wouldn't work.
2: That's true. I, <laughs> I only had like a pile of like maybe, I don't know, five dollars in pennies and it didn't work <laughs> quite as well. Maybe that's what I was doing wrong. Shoot. But yeah, that that's, Yeah, there's a lot of history that, like, you know, with me growing up, you know, Mm. and I never... Well, like, growing up, not even the right phrase because I still haven't grown up. (laughs) But, (laughs) you know, Star Wars, uh, He-Man, you know, that's, like, my stuff that I was just, like, completely, like, a total nerd about. Thundercats, like, all that stuff together. Sorry. Dude, yeah, all that stuff just made me a total freaking nerd all the way.
0: (laughs) So, Ross, what about yourself? Like, um, we've known each other for... A, a couple of years now and uh, <laughs> a couple
1: <laughs> what, what uh, was your
0: first uh, Yeah, no. i know just...
1: i can't remember uh i can't remember my exact
0: Try and remember yeah your, your first far uh, back star was it's been when you're young got, was the this, one that there's a couple, Google, well, a, couple <gasps> a
1: couple of highlights a couple highlights when I we are younger that's sort of more more memorable um playing with my um Cause I was born in 1988, so I'm a I'm a wee youngin. So basically, I my, I think my first experience must be playing with the um, the Star Wars action figures my uncle had. Uh, I think I remember he had the Millennium Falcon with all the storm with a couple of stormtroopers and a few, of the, oh, other and a few of the other things, so a few the other ones. So jelly. And um, <laughs> he had the Millennium Falcon. and He had a Snowspeeder. Yeah. I remember playing with them. Uh, and then the other one I remember is getting a black eye from t- taping <laughs> taping the plastic goalposts with blue and red electrical tape and fighting with my friend in the, in his garden. And, uh, we were like sort of doing a lightsaber fight and, uh, his mum shouted over to us and I looked over just as he swung his red lightsaber right into my face and I got a black eye. Um, and then the other time I remember playing in the woods in the forest (laughs) reenacting the battle of endor and i basically trying to chop down as many logs as possible to sort of like throw at people to try and reenact the traps that they did <laughs> uh in the battle of endor so those are the kind of <laughs> those are the three sort of memorable things i'm pretty sure they're all surfaced around when i was around them um, i must have been exposed when i was about sort of six seven years old and then those kind of like uh black eye and all that stuff happened when I was about 10 or 11 i reckon but yeah <laughs> uh, i'm pretty sure it must be my uncle's uh, figures would have yeah. been my first experience with Star Wars, and my dad has the um, the original VHS tapes that came out in the eighties of um, of the three films. So um, uh, obviously watching them every Sunday, I think it was. I always watched a Star Wars film every Sunday, but yeah, but I uh, I just can't remember, can't remember can't believe I'd forgotten about that with uh, getting hit with the black eye, uh, getting hit with the lightsaber.
0: <laughs> That's, that is absolutely <laughs> brilliant that is brilliant. Uh, yeah. I, I get my <laughs> fu- my first ever lightsaber, right? I, I, I've got, I'm I've i got the proud owner, as you can see, in uh, Rebelscast.co.uk of the Force FX Obi-Wan, who's my favourite of all time. I made my first lightsaber also, Ross. Um, however, there was a, a kid up the street from me. I think his name is Ian. And he had, like, total Luke Skywalker hair. And we played Star Wars, okay? We went up to the street and uh, none of the other kids liked it, and he was maybe a couple years younger than me at the time, and um, I remember the, also the kid that my mum babysat called Craig, and uh, myself, Craig, and Ian were, like, up at Ian's house, and his mum was like, you guys l- want to do this, and, like, we weren't, well, maybe we were overly young. These days you wouldn't loud, kids near pain, obviously, but this was probably in <laughs> the... Early early nineties, and we had like they had obviously like you know the thing that your kitchen roll t- comes off of. It's not toilet roll, but it's like a wooden like sort of big ass stick. They had just yeah like the guy the guy just bought their kitchen yogi right, and it was like one of the friends who had bought like an overly long pole, and it would get sliced up. They sawed it and they gave like me Ian and Craig these like small pieces. Right? So his dad, he's, I'm sure he was an air traffic control, but for some reason he like, had paint in the garage of every colour. So we painted the bottom silver and we left them overnight and then we stayed in our den, like practicing Jedi arts, which was a tree, uh, the small piece of grass that's at the top of my old street that for me when I was younger seemed like an American football pitch. And now it's just like, I say I don't have a garden, but I've, there's grass in front of my house and it's bigger. And um, we're up this tree, like, planning our Jedi plans. And the next day, my friend decided he was evil, right? So you were like this, Ross. Because he'd been watching the um, Empire, and he'd been more on the side of the bounty hunters. So he he had looked up these comics. Like, as I said, I, I read the Old Republic, right? And he latched onto the people I didn't like and painted his lightsaber red. So we would this stick, and it was literally red paint. And uh, I had the... I think I had, had to have the blue one because some one of the other kids well it was only me and one of the ones wanted blue because it was Luke so I went the green one and at the time we'd watched Jedi and this kid and I must have been like 10 he must have been at 8 was arguing with me that Luke Skywalker should not have a green lightsaber because this blue one was his father's now he whacked me in the forehead and I had like almost a dent in my forehead because of it he didn't knock me out or anything. I didn't get a black eye, but yeah, my first one of my first injuries that I remember, apart from playing, um, and this is this is a legitimate trademark sport by me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's a roller <laughs> rollerblade volleyball. Okay, so uh, apart from rollerblade volleyball, um, I injured myself for the first time that I can properly remember, it was even before following my school trip and having a scar was a wooden like pole sawed across, painted by myself, a lightsaber hit to the head. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Nice>. Well <clears throat> so Yogi, what was your overall um thoughts on Empire Day? Did you uh, uh, anything you would like to add to our um to our discussion on the um on the episode?
2: I, I, I loved it. it. might it might be one of my favorites and not the favorite because it's just you know every time we have a, a story, a classic story where there's like a an evil empire but like there's still people that kind of follow you know obey the empire either they fear them or they still feel like they're in that gray area like well, they're not so bad. I mean they, they protect us right? Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, the, the empire. Of course, you know, you, when you have those kind of oppressive rulers, what do you have? Propaganda, and yeah. uh, this episode <clears> was all about that. It's like, play, play the official TV station. Damn it, it's the law. Yeah. You know. And, uh, and did, you, <clears throat> did you notice the uh, they included the
1: Imperial March as their actual uh, uh, sort of like um, inspiring theme tune in the background?
2: <laughs> yeah, yep. That was awesome. I, I picked up on that too and I, and I love the Imperial March. I mean I, I think the one thing if you if you watch enough Star Wars everyone could pick out, you know? And yeah. Uh, uh yeah, it, it was just overall I really enjoyed it. It was uh a good balance of some fresh ideas, but also the fanfare was in there as well. It was very good balance in that. It's just fun episode, action packed. Uh they involved a lot of a lot of key characters um i don't know i, I can't it's so good i that I, I, if i had to be a real dick i couldn't think of something bad to say about it not, at least not right off the top of my head <laughs> so and, uh,
1: what's your what's your theories on who, what has happened fulcrum. to um well fulcrum and um
2: ezra's parents as well ah uh, uh, i'm not gonna come up with any theories on that but <laughs> did, do you guys have anything to say about that that what was it, the exiled senator
1: i think broadcast um, i think that's a plan i think that i think he um <laughs> i think that's a uh, part of the empire's plan to draw out uh, dissidents um yeah. just with the fact that he's in he seems to just randomly appear then get shut off and he's supposedly an exiled senator and all that stuff and nothing has really mm-hmm. been uh, mentioned about him i can totally see that as a way to try and um for the Emperor and the, and the Empire to sort of... Maybe it's like the Inquisitor or Callus has set this up to try and, you know, to create a trap for anybody trying to sort of, like, find out where he is. A bit like... The reason I come up with that is because I've already done it with um, the uh, with the, the the Jedi Master, which almost trapped the crew of the Ghost. So I could see yeah. this as a sort of, like, a, a galaxy-wide trap for anyone else that wants to try and meet up with this guy. It's a trap! Yeah, they get thrown into a trap. So that's what I reckon...
2: But um, if that's the case, and like, I was thinking the same thing too, but if that's the case, that means it has to be something that's coming from a very high level in the Empire and only a few people are privy to the idea because uh, those soldiers, those Imperial soldiers, were not aware of it clearly because they, they're like, okay, turn it off! Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I reckon this will be like a sort of like... Uh... Sort of like Inquisitor, maybe Grand Moff Tarkin and uh, Darth Vader. It'll be like, and the Emperor, obviously. I reckon it'll be like a sort of select group of like three or four. And it could be maybe like a season finale type thing when we find out that this has been. A trap that they've been trying to sort of draw in people as much as they'd be like oh my god what we now know the ghosts are trying to find that person they'd be like shit or they could be like forewarned maybe by fulcrum to not not trust everything you see or read and uh, that could be a subtle way of kind of saying don't trust the person in the television type idea, but um, but yeah, it definitely would be mm. like a need to know basis, and it would be like you know a higher like the higher higher ups. The reason I mentioned those names like Tarkin and Darth Vader is because they're the ones that were privy to the da- the Death Star construction, so mm. that was kept sort of like under wraps. So it would be, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't put put it past me if it was those three that had something
0: to do with See, this. I, with idea. the Death Star, mm. Russ, I always want to know where the hell did they build that out of sight. Uh, yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like it's not like making your own bird feeder it's it's actually
1: like, explained really well in the novel tarkin they um they basically they've split the entire like a uh, death star uh, over um th- hundreds of well, billions of star systems and each thing like basically creates a section of it but they don't know why they're building it. They just know they're building something, and it gets shipped away. And uh, there's the unknown regions of space which haven't been charted before uh, with hyperspace lanes. And it's out there that it actually gets constructed, and
2: then it gets brought wow. into the the thing. Uh, that's I think that's the
0: way it's done. That's that's like, an awesome like, uh, awesome book.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like pre prefabricated, and they just put the building blocks together. <laughs> yeah, like everybody so cool. builds the building <laughs> block. But they have no idea what the hole is. Yeah, that's pretty
1: smart. Yeah, a bit like, I'm pretty sure like a lot of them. Um, it's
0: a bit uh, like IKEA.
1: Uh, well, that as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Everyone gets it, and they all take apart, but they don't know where it's meant to go or why it started.
1: <laughs> it's kind of like you know, like a, a business kind of going, "Oh yeah, we need to build," you know, like sort of like a satellite array that's like the biggest we've ever built before. Why are you building? all oh, the empire of Asus to do we don't ask any more questions type idea. Then it gets shipped away, never to be seen again, and uh, so that's kind of the idea. and... Grant and Moff Tarkin, he's sort of the coordinator of all these hundreds of thousands of, like, st- uh, sort of out-of-the-way star systems that are building each section. And they sort of, like, get, but like, parts get pulled together, built a little bit, and then taken out and then added on to the structure of the Death
2: Star. Do you think that, that like, I-, I wonder, like... What kind of components they use to build a Death Star? Like, did they use some of those locking screws? That you have to like put the screw in and then twist it <laughs> to get it to lock. If
0: yeah, you don't no, do those
2: right, it gets, it gets all wibbly wobbly, yeah. you know. Yeah, no one,
0: no one's got yeah, Allen so. key to yeah. fit it together, you know. <laughs> you, you <laughs> they <to be> did <laughs> Allen key. It's
2: all right. always like the one off size, like. Damn it, I have the bigger one and the slightly smaller one, but not the one in between. <laughs> or when you
1: accidentally screw it like it's not like completely like flush and then you you accidentally pull the screw in and you like sort of like warp a wee bit of the the sort of the steel or the woods and you're like, Oh god damn it man. So that'll be why, like that's why the second Death Star to, like was still under construction was because somebody had forgotten the Allen key, so they had to go away in the other side of the galaxy to get one. That's probably what it was. Or or they were waiting for the spare parts to come through because they opened up the instructions and realized they were missing a couple of screws. So they had to wait until they got the replacements in.
2: See, <laughs> kid, that's why you don't take the some assembly required bit too lightly. You have to really take it to heart. <laughs> yeah.
1: Always check your inventory before you start. I've learned the hard way.
0: <laughs> that's, that, that's Ross's um, e-match profile. <laughs> <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding ross is one with the force so anyway i think at that point we're gonna have to wrap up the show jedis and sith lords and fellow rebels however um we will be covering the novel talking pretty soon which ross touched on tonight and um, it's a
1: brilliant read guys if you get a chance to, to um uh, get a loan of it, or uh, get a chance to read it. It's really, really well done, and it's set five years after the um, the Clone Wars had finished. So everything's kind of it's a nice bridge between the um, uh, between what it has So like. There's a lot of like um, like there's some rebels kicking about uh, in the Tarkin book, but it's more because they're like ex-separatists fighting against it. All. So it's a quite yeah. a cool, unique uh, way to do it, and it's all about Grand Moff Tarkin, who's probably one of the greatest uh, characters out there. It's quite
0: cool. Anyway, before we wrap up this show, Yogi, is there anything you would like to plug to the listeners? Is there anywhere that they can get this show that's better than just now?
2: Better? No, I don't know about that. It's, mm-hmm. it's a different kind of show. If, if, if you like...
0: Uh, you where, can know, they, where, where can they get it in 5D?
2: 5D? <laughs> that's, that sounds very suggestive, by the way. I don't know. <laughs> how, how am I supposed to take that? But, uh, yeah, one of the places you can find me is on uh, Timey Wemmy Tea Time on Saturdays uh, at noon Eastern, 5 p.m. GMT. And uh, we do that every Saturday. Every Saturday. Without fail. Well, usually. Usually. Uh, We usually talk Doctor Who. But uh, lately we're talking a lot more The Walking Dead because obviously Doctor Who is going to be taking a little bit of a break until the Christmas uh, episode. And then it's going to be another break. So it's going to be kind of sad. But, by the way, guys while I'm mentioning this, uh, some some more, it's kind of related, Doctor Who stuff. Did you guys know that the 50th anniversary collection of Doctor Who is on Amazon Prime now? You can stream it. I own them. Okay. For those that do not own all of them, <laughs> 20 plus seasons available to stream online. It's kind of a big deal.
0: Yeah. That is a big <laughs> deal considering how far Doctor Who stretches back. It's, it's the longest-running sci-fi television program in history.
2: Yeah. And it's funny, when you go back to those older, uh, the classic episodes, you can see stuff that Star Wars and Star Trek alike have borrowed from Doctor Who. So, controversial! <laughs> I mean, other, than that, other, that, <laughs> other than that, you can also catch me on Twitter, at YogiZilla, and uh, my main my main website, uh, geekyantics.net. Where uh, I feature these wonderful fellows too, we're all one big happy family.
0: We are family. <laughs> hey, hey, Master Yogi and Ali and Ross. Hey, hey, that would have been been Ross and Ali. Anyway, yeah, I, 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 yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, you almost had a, you had the rhythm down, and I was like, Ross and Ali, say Ross and Ali, no, no, yeah. Ali and Ross, no. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> now you're now you're now you're like uh, you're like rhyming like a modern day rapper like rappers yeah. today don't even try to rhyme anymore
0: you know i'm taking i'm taking that to x factor then if, if i'm not trying i should win the x factor <laughs> anyway before we digress anymore ross uh, oh no sorry it's me me i would love to promote a show shamelessly Starling City Radio we've interviewed and not inter I've been watching too much I am Groot. I watched uh, Guns of Galaxy tonight um, nice. we, we interviewed uh, Mike Grell who's one of the original artists so if you can check out that show and you like it join us again on Starling City Radio um, apart from Starling City Radio you can get me in 42 Level 1 which is uh, on All Games Network and it's a video game show every Tuesday. choose it. but Ross see if they want to find this lovely show Wait, what sort of places can they get us
1: yeah, we want to hear all your feedback, questions, discussions, arguments, everything um, on our Twitter account at RebelsCastUK. Um, I believe Ali missed uh, misread it earlier on in the show, so it's at RebelsCastUK. Um, yes. You can also read our reviews of all the episodes. That are up. Um, uh, over at rebelscast.co.uk uh, we should be posting up some of unboxing videos as well as well as like other sort of random pieces of information on um Star wars and email us email us at star wars at gmail.com but definitely at twitter at rebelscastuk get following get tweeting
0: of course and as always may the force be with you. Ross, you didn't say it, and I'm leaving this bit in. Always. Because you thought already said,
2: as always. I know what I, know, no I, know
0: I, know I should again. do it. I was like, how do you follow that up?
2: He said always already.
0: Yeah, I know, anyway. <laughs> anyway, folks, thanks. Bye, guys, my bad. Always follow the force. Bye, guys. <laughs>